Hi, this is Connor from Fireside Church. Thank you for listening to Fireside Church messages. If you want to learn more about our church or what we're doing during this time to stay connected, visit our website, firesidechurch.org. Enjoy the message. emotions yeah. you know one day like like 10 minutes the last 10 minutes feeling like there's a snowstorm <laughs> um but now feeling like it's sunny hopefully you guys are watching and so uh, and it feels like i feel like actually what is happening right now is very kind of classic what is happening on a lot of fronts where it's just like this is i think week six of us yeah. meeting online and just when you think you're kind of getting in a groove there's a new layer to it a new yeah. challenge to it and I feel like we've been talking to a lot of people this week yeah. for whom this week was hard um, I think there's this piece of us not really right. being the best version of ourselves right now mm-hmm. I know we're right. feeling that I, I'm sure our kids are feeling that and um, so yeah just kind of being able to keep on, right? Yeah. Like. Um, side note: Kate mentioned um, when we were muted that I'm using my pastor's mug. I feel like Michael Scott. <laughs> like, yeah, um, never world best boss, but this was given to me. So we don't. We're low in case like you're really drinking a pastor's mug as you're as you were gonna give a sermon, and so um, we ran out of dishes. Um, so, anyways, just disclaimer. Um, we're, feeling aware, self-conscious we're aware of, of the weirdness of drinking other <laughs> Yeah, yes. Right you now. know, Michael Scott. Yeah, I got this number one boss, you know, at Spencer's a couple weeks ago. But um, very excited for this morning. And, and as Kate said, there's an Easter hangover feel. But he's still risen and he's still alive. So why don't we just jump in to what we believe really God has been placing on our heart. And so, um, um, yeah, Kate, why don't we yeah. just start? Um, so we're going to read this morning... From Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, um, verses 4 through 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I, am, who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare. You will find your welfare. Mm. I think the we're launching. We want to launch a new series today, and we want to intro it. And like we said before, there's this exile feeling that we all have right now. And what I mean by that is that this feeling of being stripped from what we know or what we knew and the Israel was a country um, and God sent them in this promised land and then over time they kind of turned away from God and these Babylonians came and they took God's people they conquered them and they took many of them back to Babylon and like spread them out and so here's this group of people in exile and the whole time they are praying like kind of like wrath on the Babylonians like Mm -hmm. God destroy them and their response was no this is kind of where you're going to be for a little bit Mm -hmm. so you know live you know build your houses and you can see where if you're in the situation 
the last, there's something about it that you say, well, I don't, I don't want to accept this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to build a house in a place that I don't plan to be. I don't want to be. And so it's so relatable right now. I feel like even just on a very small scale on the home front, we're doing different things in our house. Even like right now, we've got all this, we've got a whole bunch of stuff in front of us to prop up computers and cameras and it's like when we're done all this stuff just ends up on the floor all all the school books from the week are just stacked and it's kind of like okay wait we need a new system the way that we're living now um is different so we need to set up set up camp in a different way yeah because i think we've we've been waiting for normalcy right yeah and um well when this is lifted and you guys are watching the same things we're watching that we don't really know mm-hmm. right we don't know and but we do know that we as a church won't be able to gather for uh, at least another four weeks and so we just wanted to lean into the space of what does it mean to build houses and live in an exile way and and pray you know pray for this word welfare is actually mm-hmm. peace which means shalom this is the Hebrew word shalom and shalom is this oneness, this peace that only can come from God. And so pray for shalom, pray for peace, and pray that you get peace in the midst of an exile situation. And I, lo- I love this word. It's like, it's like you said, it's, it's not just peace. It's this sense of completeness or wholeness, almost like restoration. Mm-hmm. And so how do you experience a sense of restoration before it's been restored almost. How do you how do you get that kind of peace right now? And so that's what we want to talk about as a church, as as individuals. How do we have shalom in exile? Yeah, and we see this this beautiful um, picture that I, I feel like is close to my heart in Second Chronicles that we're gonna to get to in a little bit. And I remember when Ellie first relapsed back in June. I heard a sermon on this, and we had this big fireside prayer night at the Fowler's home, and it was so powerful. And it was just idea of this battle analogy. And we say that earlier um, on, on the first live stream, <laughs> on the current live stream. And so we, we want to take a look at that and kind of look at what God says in that time. So let's read Second Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 5. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Menuhites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It has already in Hezizan, Tamar, that is, in Gedi, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. For we know we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then it says, we, for we do not know what to do. Yeah. That, that theme right there, 
So if, if you look at this whole picture, right, Jehoshaphat is, is the king of Israel at that time, and all these like countries kind of team up, and so there's this vast army, and there's just no way that this little country can take on what is about to hit them. And so what do they do? The first thing is they do is they gather. They, they gather, and they pray, and then the Lord speaks. And and it, one of the things he says is nor plague, right? And and or yeah, and famine. and we're kind of in a. I mean, this is a modern day plague, right? Yeah. And this is not going to take out the church, right? This is not going to take out the church. And so then he gives some directions, and, and he kind of tells them, you know, you know what to do, you know. And he says, you're not going to have to. This isn't your battle. And when I look at that wording, it's like you didn't cause this. This is not in your control. So go and lean towards the one that is in control. And the response that they have is, we do not know what to do. And as leaders of this church, we say this a lot. <laughs> and we've, even more so lately, of just like, what do we do? What do we do right, right now? How, what does it mean to be the church right now? What does right. it mean um, to be fireside and um, to be in community? Right. And, and then on the home front, too, you know, mm -hmm. in our daily lives, like, what does it look like to take on these new roles or to right. work in a different way or to go grocery shopping in a different way? There's all these things right. that are like, we do not know how to do this. Yeah, there's like a macro like the world. I don't think the world knows what to do, right? Yeah. You know, the government's just handing out money right now. They're yeah. like, we don't know what to do. And you, you just, you know, if you talk with people at hospitals, they're kind of, you know, you heard Ben talk about his story. Like, mm -hmm. people are like, we don't know what to do with this thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, um, uncertainty. And I think for us as a country, like, we usually, like, have fixes for things, right? And there's not a pill to solve all this. And so we're kind of in no man's land. And we're like, well, I thought plagues were something of the past. But we're beyond that. And, you know, we look and we're like, no, this is something that is, is relevant today. And then on the mic, I don't know how to homeschool my kids. You know, for those of you who homeschool, props to you because it is hard. I don't know how to parent. I don't know how to live in a little house all the time. And... Kate and I are trying to figure out systems, and it's just like, we do not know what to do. And thinking even about um, people in their businesses, I see all kinds of people trying to figure out, how do I do what my business is in right. a totally different way? How do I pivot in all these directions? And I feel like there's tons of creativity that's coming out of that, but ultimately it's just starting from this question, like, right. what do we do? And if someone says, I, I got to figure it out, well, they're lying to you. Because <laughs> I don't. So the, the response is, we don't know what to do. And then, this is what God says to them. But our eyes are on you. And we've been talking about this. And so what does it mean for them to have their eyes on God? We, do not, we don't know what to do. And we admittedly say that. But as a church, as individuals... We want our eyes to be on him. And that's not an Andy Bauer like, no. <laughs> like quote, if you're wondering. That is actually the verse that it says. And we were just excited even just that 
How yeah. perfect is that for this situation? I, lo I love a good rhyme. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. I, I love m remembering things. So like when I go out, like, oh, you know, comfort's not a place, it's a person, you know, and all these rhymes. For me, it helps me. And so when I saw that, I'm like, well, I don't have to, we don't have to spin this at all. This is straight, you know, the message of God from coming from God. So we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so if you're struggling as we are, like, I don't know what to do. The response is, put your eyes yeah. on him. And so this is what the, the rest of the story, this is how it plays out. So then just thinking about what this means for them, um, should we see what happens? Next? Yeah, yeah, verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on, and he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all that live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the passage of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerilel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I have Kate read a lot because I can't pronounce half these words. <laughs> and so um, I, so the response is this. He says, go up and take up your positions and stand firm. Mm -hmm. And as a church especially, and if you're not a part of this church, I believe this is a call for all of us, is that this idea that we are called to take our positions yeah. and stand firm and to see how God is going to deliver from the situation. And to see, you know, put your eyes on him and, and to see that. And so we're kind of talking about this whole idea of like, what does it look like to take your position? And it's a perspective. It's, you know, um, a, a change in, in posture that you, you know, God's saying, you know, you were here, you know, you were in Jerusalem, wherever it may be. Now you're going to go and you're going to get into like your battle stands and it's funny because you, when you read this, he tells them, you don't have to fight. Right. So it's kind of funny that he says, I want you to take your positions knowing they're not actually going to fight. And so in some ways, God is saying, you know, you, I want your participation here. Right. I want you to take yeah. your position anyway. And I think there's a piece of that for us in terms of what we should do here that God is going to fight our battle. Right. This, this, you know, it says this vast army is too big for them. Right. And that's very much right. the space that we're in right now. But then God is still asking them to take their position. And, and you know, we, we follow a, a family called the Wolves. They have a couple of books on suffering. And there's this really cool theme of prepare, preparing yourself for pain. Mm -hmm. We preached on it uh, months ago called Embrace Yourself for Battle. And it's this idea that when you're in a, a suffering place, when you're in a painful place, to look back on all the ways that God has maybe prepared you for those things. You know, when you're taking your position, you're taking a position equipped. And then that's the hope, right? And that you have a, a past, you have a prayer life, you have a community, you, you know the word. And if you don't, you know, this is a great time to start. And I was looking through scripture and we look at David and Goliath, right? And when David went out and fought Goliath, he went to Saul and said, hey, I, I think I can beat this giant that's yeah. 
way bigger, way bigger than me, way stronger than me. And so I was like, well, why do you think that? And he says, because God's been preparing me for this. And I fought the lion and I fought the bear. And so when he goes out, he brings what he knows. He brings his slingshot and, and his, his, his pebble, his stones. And they try to do it their way. He's like, no, I'm going to prepare you the way that you should be prepared with armor. And he's like, I can't. This is not what God has prepared me for. And so what are the ways that God has prepared us for in these practices? You know what I mean? Like of, you know, prayer and all these things that we're no longer like practicing that we are putting into practice. And I feel like that's kind of like what this position theme is all about. Um, Kate and I are a product of the 80s, yeah. and Kate's family especially loves like, you know, Crocodile Dundee and Karate Kid. And we were talking about Mr. Miyagi, right? You know, why? Both of us thought of this independently, like our first <laughs> movie analogy was Karate Kid. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, I've been, my, my life's goal is to have a backyard with Mr. Miyagi's backyard. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the wax on, wax off, right? And he's like, why am I doing this? You know, why am I? And then um, he quickly learns that, you know, he throws a punch and he says, wax off. And it's, it's this block. And he doesn't know that he'd be preparing for this battle. And then he fights, um, what's his name at the end? John, the Cobra Kai. The, the Cobra Kai, Johnny at the end. And so I believe we're, we're, we're right now fighting the Cobra Kai's, right? Uh, the Cobra Kai's, the, the COVID-19's. The, the whole exile thing, that we're no longer preparing for pain, we're in the pain, and we need to position ourselves as individuals, but more importantly, as a church. And I feel like we even just kind of reflecting on who we are as a church, you know, tri Fireside is not yet even two years old, right. and we've been kind of looking at all the ways that some things in some ways have been we've been prepared for this we have some things established already that right. um, are kind of coming into play that we aren't we've got some relationships formed we've got some some things that we do mm -hmm. already that we want to continue doing in this time too yeah like the worship team we got a worship team and yeah. so Connor was like hey you know it's not that much different to do what we do on Sunday to send it out and have people play and um, we had a reading plan that came um, before this all started. So, you know, jump in on that. And so we do believe that we're prepared. Like, I, I'm a video guy. Like, I edit videos. And even though <laughs> we had a lot of glitches today, and, and, and you know, I feel like that's a, a blessing. Yeah. And so we were looking at, you know, post-Easter stuff. And so what does it look like? And so we have some themes that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. And you know, prayer is one. We want to look at the, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and we want to look at provision. So, you know, as I'm like a, a remembering guy, like play on words, so like, you know, we're positioned to pray, we're positioned for power, and we're positioned for provisions are some of the things that we feel God is equipping us and has equipped us that we want to lean into. Mm -hmm. And we're not just like waiting, right? We're not just in exile, but we're actually building houses, we're building God's kingdom, we're standing firm, we're taking our positions. Mm -hmm. And so as we look post-Easter, you know, what happens when Jesus was ascended, and we see in Acts chapter 1, mm -hmm. verse 10, you know. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 
I'm more of an abstract kind of guy. Kate's a little <laughs> bit more literal. And I was thinking in the shower, like, um, for example, if we were going to drive someplace, I like to look at the map of, of the GPS, and Kate likes to step-by-step -step directions. You tell me exactly what to do and where to go, and I like kind of like, you know, the, the, the big picture. This really comes to a head on our road trip. Yes. Styles. <laughs> yeah. um, in life, really. <laughs> but um, this idea, and we were looking at apps and like, you know, how do we be like, because, you know, I, I, I was thinking this morning, if we could go back and ask some of these church leaders, hey, you know, we can't meet in buildings, what should we yeah. do? They'd probably be like, what do you, what, what building are you talking about? The temple? We don't do that anymore. That's, you know, Judaism. And uh, maybe start thinking like, so, so what was early church? What was that like? And it was these like small gatherings in this home and it's nothing to do with the building. It has nothing to do with how great our worship team is. Although our worship team is awesome. It just is, is leaning into prayer and community and scripture and reading the word and receiving the power from the Holy Spirit. And I look at this is that Jesus leaves and he goes in the cloud and they're just standing up. And then this angel's like, what are you doing? You know, and, and I interpret this as like, you know, he says, why do you stand here looking into the sky as, you know, you're in the wrong position here. <laughs> Change your position. You know, no longer is Jesus in the physical body roaming this earth. You know, change your position. And so I feel like as a church, instead of waiting, looking in the sky, waiting, like, God, you know, change the situation, we need to change our position. And then in the exact same breath, I think, when you think about the theme that we're looking at here, this idea to build houses and to plant gardens, that also does take time. And so I think having the mm -hmm. patience with ourselves, with each other, with the people very close to us, yeah. and, and um, knowing that planting gardens, you're planting seeds, right. and you and who knows the fruit that we will see from this time. It might not be right in this moment, but mm -hmm. um, hopefully as we take our positions in these ways, we are making investments that in time, yeah both immediately and in the future, we'll yeah. see the end product for. So that's where we're headed. We yeah. want to put ourselves in a position to pray, and we're going to lean into that, put ourselves in a position of power from the Holy Spirit, from listening and reading the Word, and put ourselves in a position to provide. What does community look like?